Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm Megan Nilsson, and I am excited to be here with you today, unpacking this idea of what is a divine invitation, how do we feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Those are topics that I covered in the first couple of episodes. And today, I want to dive a little deeper into the nuances of this idea of divine invitation. Because when I say it, it could be super exciting. Oh, I I love to hear from God. I want to hear exactly what he's calling me into. I can't wait to follow him. And yet I have titled this episode, God Send Me and Other Things We Might Not Really Mean. So (laughs) I laugh because it's one thing in the Christian faith to say, Yes, Lord, I'm here. Send your your servant is listening. Send me wherever you want to send me. And then the other side of that coin is our very human response and disposition, which is like, I mean, within a certain caveat, within a certain parameter, within like my certain gifts and skills and talents, and certainly within my comfort zone. So this idea of the nuances of following God and into a divine invitation really hit me when I was reading Isaiah 6. And um, before I dive into that passage, I want to start with a quote from Oswald Chambers. If if you know me at all, or if you listen for any length of time, you're going to know that I love reading my utmost for his highest, which is Oswald Chambers' uh, devotional, 365-day devotional he wrote in like 1963. And every time I read a passage from that, I just feel like I am just convicted, challenged, encouraged in a brand new way. And this particular quote comes from one of his devotionals and it says, the call of God is not for the special few. It is for everyone. Let me repeat. It is not for the special few. Everyone, whether or not I hear God's call depends on the state of my ears and what I hear depends on my disposition. So straight out of the gates, Oswald Chambers is challenging us. First of all, he's saying, listen, do not discount yourself. Do not count yourself out of this group of people that can hear God's voice and follow his call because it's for everybody. The trick is whether or not you are open and willing and ready to receive it depends on your disposition, my disposition. So I looked up the word disposition, disposition, which is a tongue twister as it turns out. And what does it mean? It generally means like your prevailing tendency, your mood or inclination. So how easy is it in this kingdom life that we're living to desire to hear God's voice, to want to hear it, to be open, and then all of a sudden just be like, well, I'm not really in the mood to listen or pay attention today. I mean, seriously, I have a house full of teenagers and young adults, and 
there's plenty of prevailing moods in our house, if you know what I mean. So we have to get past this idea that listening to God revolves around how we feel in any given moment. So it is up to us to shift our posture and be open to hearing from him. And then we get to decide what we're going to do with that. So that brings me to Isaiah chapter six. So some of you might be very familiar with this passage, Isaiah six, verse eight, which is, you know, here I am, send me. So if you've been around the church or Christian life, any, any length of time, you might really resonate with that. Here I am, send me. But I want to paint a little picture for you today and, uh, and then ask some, some questions and really dive into what is really happening around here. So in this passage, Isaiah encounters the Holy of Holies. So as you read it, it might feel like some truth is stranger than fiction, sort of science fiction moment where angels are surrounding the Lord, they're covering themselves in reverence and holy fear, and they're singing of his glory. The whole temple fills with smoke. Can you even imagine? Isaiah is there. He immediately shrinks back with the revelation of his profound unworthiness. So this scene is so magnificent, glorious, holy, that this human being, Isaiah, immediately feels unworthy and confesses he's a sinful man in the presence of this holy God in this holy scene. And no sooner does he make this confession than an angel swoops down, touches his lips with a burning coal and declares Isaiah's guilt is removed and his sins are forgiven. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I do feel like this is a a foreshadowing of the cross, by the way. When Jesus dies and he's resurrected, all of a sudden our guilt, our sins are removed and we are forgiven. Anyway, it's only after experiencing this profound encounter with grace that Isaiah's ears open and he hears the Lord asking for a volunteer to be a messenger to his people. So I want to stop here for a second and really underscore the fact that Isaiah is clear that he is human. He is a a sinful man who is nowhere near holy enough to be visited by the God of the universe. And yet an angel swoops down and in that one moment brings about salvation and a forgiveness of sins. And so in response to that, that's when Isaiah, his ears open and all of a sudden he hears the Lord asking for a volunteer to be a messenger and he throws his hands in the air. I kind of think about that Shrek and donkey moment in the movie Shrek when it's like, pick me, pick me. He has no idea what he's even saying yes to. All he knows is that he was a broken and sinful man and the grace and forgiveness of a holy God came and visited him and he is no longer the same. His immediate response is like, Lord, whatever you are asking, whoever you want to send, may it be me. I love this story because it's this moment of, of I once was blind and now I see amazing grace, an amazing grace moment brings us to our knees and we understand our positioning before the Lord. 
Now, me being human, potentially you being human as well, you can relate to this like caveat. I'd love to put a big parentheses in the middle here and be like, you know what? Okay. I understand that I was broken and now I'm saved by grace. And you're, you're, you're wanting a volunteer. You're wanting a messenger to go and speak on your behalf to the people. But my 21st century human mind really would love a lot more details. I kind of want to know what's the return on the policy here is, is my satisfaction guaranteed? Because I really love to buy things where my satisfaction is guaranteed hundred percent. What about some five-star customer service reviews? I mean, what are people saying about it on Google? You know, this whole like obedience to God thing, like how did it work out for them? I would really like to know that before I sign up and quote unquote purchase this journey. So I have to admit that I follow the same line of questioning when I'm, when I'm speaking with the Lord in my conversations with him. I'm not proud of it, but Isaiah is an amazing model of knowing that the God of the universe wants to collaborate with him and and use him. But here's the deal. If you read a little bit further in this passage, okay, so we're at Isaiah verse or chapter six, verse eight. Okay, then I heard the voice of the Lord and he said, Who will I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah says, Here I am, send me. So the Lord says, go and speak to these people. Tell them. I'm sure Isaiah's got his pen and paper out at this point. Okay, what do I need to tell them? You will hear, but never understand. You will see, but never know what you are seeing. Make the hearts of these people stubborn. Plug up their ears. Close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes. They might hear with their ears. They might understand with their hearts. And they might turn to me and be healed. Hmm. Okay. Then Isaiah says, well, Lord, how long will it be like that? This sounds like a pretty rough message that I'm about to deliver. So can you give me some good news here about sort of a time frame that we're talking about? Like, can I tell them it's not going to last forever? And the Lord answers, it will last until the cities of Israel are destroyed and no one is living in them. It will last until the houses are deserted. The fields will be completely destroyed. It will last until I have sent everyone far away. The land will be totally deserted. Even if a tenth of the people remain there, the land will be completely destroyed again. Dang. (laughs) I'm sure in that moment, Isaiah is like, Oh, great. What did I sign up for? Because this sounds like a death mission. I do not want to be the one that has to bring this to the people. And then the Lord says, but when oak trees and terebinth trees are cut down, stumps are left and my holy people will be like stumps that begin to grow again. Isn't this a fascinating picture about the life of faith and following God? Isaiah understands his positioning in the midst of a holy and reverent God. He experiences 
the radical grace and forgiveness of sins and immediately says, yes, send me. And God says, great, this is what it's going to be. And I think a lot of us, at least I can speak for myself, when I think about partnering with the Lord, when I think about following the Lord and this God send me moment, my human mind immediately goes to, but please don't make it hard. Please don't make it difficult. Please don't make me say something that's going to potentially offend people. And yet that is the nuance. That is the balance in which we sit as Christ followers. We will dive into all kinds of things that Jesus said over the course of time that were not easy, that were not easy for the people to hear. And yet this, these are the messages. These are the things that needed to happen in order for some things to be rewritten, to be righted in the kingdom. At the end of this passage, it says, my holy people will be like stumps. There are times in our life when we feel like everything has been cut down and we feel like just a stump, a shell of a person. And yet the final passage here, the final phrase is, my holy people will be like stumps that begin to grow again. Part of the reality and biblical truth of this life of faith, this kingdom living, is that there are times when the pruning gets so intense and things need to be cut off, things that are uh, dead, things that are upside down, things that are backwards, things that are not of God's kingdom need to be cut out in order for new life to come again. And sometimes when we follow God, that is what we are experiencing. He's like, I want you to follow me into this divine invitation because I've got some things to teach you. I've got some things for you to learn. And God always intends to restore his people. The stump will be a holy seed that will grow again. What would be destroyed will ultimately be me be made new. Excuse me. And aren't there those moments when we wonder, when will this be made new in my life? How has God restored beauty from ashes in your life? I'm guessing if you have followed him even for a minute on this earth, you know that he can take what the enemy means for evil and bring it into good. And you know, when we say yes to a divine invitation, when we say yes to God, God send me, there's so many times that it actually has a direct impact on other people's lives. So when we said yes to the invitation of adopting our youngest two kids uh, all those years ago, I knew that whether we said yes or no to this divine invitation from him would have a direct impact on the trajectory of their lives. The future of these unsuspecting children living in a vastly different place in a vastly different part of the world, their future would be affected by whether we said yes or no. And that was a lot to handle. And you know, when they came home and it was so difficult Um, I wondered, did we hear you right? Is this what we were supposed to do? There are many times that I did not know. And yet I can tell you all these years later that God has 
groan. He has brought about new life out of that stump. It's beautiful. It is not without challenge. It is nuanced and it is difficult at times, but isn't that the life of faith? Isn't that the life of a human being, of being in a family? That's just part of the deal. But as kingdom people, as believers, we say yes to the invitation, not because we know how it will turn out. In fact, many times it might be harder along the way than we ever anticipated. And yet we know we say yes and we step out in obedience because we know ultimately it is good. Ultimately, God is bringing about his purposes on this earth when we say yes to him. And so I want to end with this quote today. There is a, an author named Jack Deere, and he's got a book that's called Surprised by the Voice of God. And there is a, a, a quote in there that I love, and it says, The clearer the revelation, the harder the task. So before I go any further, this sentence rocks my world. So when you have a clear revelation from the God, he has woven something into your spirit. He has given you a dream or a vision or whatever. If you have a clear sense that this is where he is calling you, it may mean that the task is hard. But just because a task is hard does not mean that we turn around and we run from it. If our, as we're, as parents, if we are, as we're raising kids, if they, if they turn around from every hard task, would they ever grow? Would they ever mature? No. The quote goes on to say, God gave the Israelites the 10 commandments with the clarity of an audible voice because keeping the commands of a holy God would be the most difficult task that the nation of Israel would ever face. When God speaks in an audible voice, you can be sure the powers of hell will rise up to challenge that voice. When God speaks to you most clearly, it usually means you are going to go through such a difficult experience that later you will need to be absolutely certain that God has spoken to you. In fact, the clarity of the voice may be the main thing that gives you the power to endure the subsequent testing. I know that was a mouthful, but listen, God is calling us into greater, deeper, more impactful kingdom purposes. That does not mean that they are easy. In fact, they can be quite hard in the natural sense. And sometimes he speaks in an audible voice. How do we hear the voice of God? I personally have never heard the voice of, uh, of God audibly. I don't think so. So if you have, I would love for you to message me, reach out to me, t- tell me stories and testimonies of God's audible voice over your life. But I do know that I have felt times when it has been so clear in my spirit as I'm reading scripture, as I'm praying, as I'm worshiping with the Lord, that he has something for me to walk into. And when he is so clear about something, we can be sure that there will be attack against it. We can be sure that uh, the accuser is not going to take to this kindly. And there there will be challenging things ahead of us. 
But when he speaks to us, when God speaks to us, we will need to be absolutely certain that he has spoken. So how do you know when God is speaking to you? Do you write things down? I would highly recommend that you keep some sort of journal or um, written work of of when God has spoken to you because you are going to, when it gets hard, when the rubber meets the road, when the fire is all around you, you will need to be absolutely certain that you have heard his voice because that is what's going to give you the power and the endurance and the perseverance to go through the testing. If you are not sure how to hear God's voice, I would love to unpack that with you. I would love for you to reach out. We could schedule a conversation and begin to to explore what that looks like. And I would love to also invite you to consider diving into my brand new book called Untangled Faith. How honest conversations with God lead to deeper connections, clarity, and peace. So this book is all about hearing God's voice. And when you hear God's voice, how do you write it down? How do you understand? Is is it his voice? Is it my voice? How do I know who's talking to me? So you can go to untangledfaith.com and find the book there or meganbnilson.com for more information. This book is coming out uh, in the spring of 2023. But I just want to pray for you guys today as we close up here, because I know that some of you listening are hearing your heart is probably pounding because you know that God is calling you into something that feels very scary on this side of it. And yet, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that this is something you are supposed to walk into. How are you finding the support that you need? Surround yourself with people who will encourage you and lift up your chin and remind you of the word that you've heard from the Lord. I would say that there are several things that might keep us from from being obedient to this call. I discussed it in previous episodes, but number one would be fear. So begin to write down, begin to explore in your journal. What are you afraid of? Be honest with God. Say, hey, I'm sensing this call, but I have to be honest with you. This is what I'm afraid of. See what he tells you in response to that. Explore the logic. Your brain, again, I mentioned this in the last episode, your brain wants to make sense of things. And when God calls us into things, it doesn't always make sense on the natural level. So figure out what it is that your brain is butting up against. Why are you afraid? And then comfort. Explore your comfort zone. Why is this divine invitation? Why is this invitation into being obedient? Why do I feel like it's going to be taking me outside my comfort zone? Journal about those things. Talk about those things. Do not be be tempted to dumb down the voice of God in your life because dulling it down is an excuse for not doing the thing he's calling you to do because it feels too hard. So, what is your disposition? Remember, the call of God is not for the special few. You can hear his voice. You are called by God. And whether or not you walk in faith and obedience in that is largely dependent on your disposition, on whether you are open and ready to receive, knowing that he has good plans and purposes along the way, even when it gets hard. So 
the call of God's not for the special few, it's for everyone. Whether or not you hear it depends on the state of your ears. And whether or not you hear it depends on your disposition. So what kind of mood are you in today? Are you ready to walk in faith? See what he has for you? Can't wait to talk more about this in future episodes. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsen or head to my website, meganbnilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.